Will Tyler Algier be RB1 for the Atlanta Falcons as a rookie? We're talking about that. We're also talking about divisions in the Big 12. A new proposal from the Pac-12 could mean that BYU would not even play in a division once they join their new conference home. We'll talk about that, and also we'll get some insight on BYU basketball coaching salaries, courtesy of Chris Burgess's new deal from the University of Utah. We're getting to all that and more ahead on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Cougars. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. We are very happy to be on YouTube now. I'm just pointing right down here at the corner right at the start of the show. If you're just new, just checking this out for the first time on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, rate, review, comment, like, share, do all that stuff that we always request and all your favorite YouTubers seem to request. Help us build this audience on YouTube. We're also free and available on all other podcasting platforms forms out there. By way of introduction, my name is Jake Hatch. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Been covering BYU football for over a decade now and very excited to be with you guys talking all things Cougars on today's show. In my day job, I work with DJ and PK in the morning. If you listen to us on the Zone Sports Network, very very much thank you for that support. But more importantly, this is your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you need to know about. So thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are uh, obviously on YouTube. We're also on social media. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, if you want my thoughts on all things sports, search me out. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch. All right, let's dive on in today and talk some NFL draft notes. I meant to get to these on yesterday's show, but when BYU football kind of breaks news that they're hiring new staffers, decided, you know what, that's the hot topic. We'll hit on that, and we're circling back now to talk a little more NFL draft stuff. So I want to start off with one note here, is that Tyler Algier, he is set up, folks. It sure looks this way, at least on paper, to be an impact player as a rookie for the Atlanta Falcons. Let me explain. Uh, Obviously, shortly after he was drafted in the fifth round by the Falcons, a lot of people looked at the depth chart. Cordero Patterson, who's a kind of a hybrid running back slash wide receiver, officially listed as a wide receiver on the Falcons roster, led the franchise in rushing a year ago with just over 600 yards. Mike Davis, who was expected to come in and kind of be an impact guy for them, he had about 500 yards for the season. Well, guess what? That setup, it looked like Tyler Algier to maybe be the third down back, be the number three guy in that tandem or that trio, excuse me. Well, now it's a tandem because Mike Davis was released on Monday. That opens the door for Tyler Algier to very much have a major impact as a rookie for the Carolina, not the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons. And I look forward to this. I think this is a big opportunity for him. Cordero Patterson is a very, very effective player. He's got top-end speed, ability to take it to the house on any given play if given the opportunity to do so, but the one thing Cordero Patterson does not really have is the ability to punish a linebacker coming downhill on a third and two when you need those two yards. Tyler Algier is compact, he's built like a rock, 5'11", 225 pounds, and he hits like a sledgehammer. That was my nickname for him all last year. I called him the sledgehammer, came up with that nickname, and there was a lot of people who said, well, it was the it was the Thor's hammer punching out that ball against Aaron Arizona State I said, you know what? That's actually a pretty good nickname. I'm going to call him the Sledgehammer because he's compact, he's small, but he's mighty. Because anybody who's used a Sledgehammer, those bad boys pack a punch. So that's, I think, what Tyler Algier is set up to do here. He's essentially going to be looking at an opportunity to maybe be the top 
true running back, if you want to call it that, for the Falcons this coming season. I look forward to this. This is a huge, huge opportunity for him. As I already talked about, Arthur Smith, the head coach for the Falcons, he runs the wide zone rushing uh, scheme that BYU deploys on the field. Tyler Algier, it sure looks this way. He is set up to have what I think could be a very impactful rookie season if all goes according to plan. He's got to stay healthy, obviously, and he's got to obviously adapt to life in the NFL, but I've got no reason to think that he won't do that. Now, another note on another former Cougar getting their chance in the NFL is James Empey, and it sure looks that it sure looks like the the Dallas Cowboys. Man, why are the Carolina Panthers stuck in my head? Is it because Brady Christensen? I don't know, but regardless, the Dallas Cowboys uh, signed James Empey on an undrafted free agent deal shortly after the draft concluded on Saturday. Well, we found out that he is one of 15 players who got $100,000 or more in guarantees from the Dallas Cowboys. Just 15 guys in terms of the undrafted free agents out there got these type of deals. James Empey is one of them. He's going to get $110,000 according to Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio. It's part of NBC Sports. 10000 of that is going to be a signing bonus for signing the contract. And let me be very clear about one thing. What I have learned about undrafted free agency is if a team's going to guarantee you $100,000 they essentially expect you to make the roster. And you look at the depth chart. We did this on Monday's edition of the podcast. If you want to circle back and listen to it, James Empey is going to be competing with essentially five guys for the interior positions along the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys. We all know that James Empey is a thoroughbred center, started 41 games for the Cougars at that center spot. I believe he has got more than capable ability to be able to play both guard spots. Tyler Smith was the first-round pick for the Dallas Cowboys. He figures the slot in at one of those guard spots. But James Empey, his versatility playing three interior positions could find himself landing on that roster, on the active roster, when it is set later this summer. That is a huge opportunity for James Empey. When he is right, he is an NFL lineman. I truly believe that. He's got to obviously put his health issues, those lower leg injuries that he suffered in back-to-back seasons as a Cougar behind him. But if you're going to guarantee a guy $100,000, they expect you to go into training camp and battle for a roster slot. This is a big-time opportunity for James Empey. I think he absolutely could be suiting up for the Dallas Cowboys. Does he start? No, I don't think he does. But if you can be that swing offensive lineman along the interior spots, whether it's at a left guard, center, or right guard, that is a way to make your hay in the NFL and make plenty of money while you're doing it. So this is a big-time chance for James Empey. I'm very excited for him to already have secured $100,000 in guarantees. Uh, Harvey Long, he got a similar type deal from the New England Patriots. I think he got $130,000 thousand dollars when he came out uh, and he is still in the NFL today so the team speaking of Dallas I think fully expects James Empey to make the active roster giving him that money and here's hoping that he can make good on that bet that they have made on him now a couple other notes looking ahead to the 2023 uh, NFL draft we've got two names from the BYU football program making the rounds right now on the interwebs with regards to potential guys to keep an eye on in next year's draft uh, one of them being Blake Freeland obviously the guy uh, who is protecting the blind side of Jaron Hall at left tackle Blake Freeland is a thoroughbred athlete. He never played offensive line before showing up to BYU. He's going to go into his junior season this year, and he is going to have a lot of eyes on him because he has the frame, the body, the athleticism, the sweet feet to be a, a guy that can play in the NFL and could be a high round draft pick. I'm seeing some people projecting him as high as number five in next year's NFL draft. I think that's, ugh, man, that's really high. It's a pretty lofty praise. 
But if he goes out and shows that he has refined his craft even more than he already has this coming fall, he could be an NFL draft pick next year. I'm of the opinion, though, if it doesn't necessarily go according to how he maybe he envisions it needs to go for him to declare for the NFL draft. He's got time on his side. This is not a kid that went on a mission. He's not James Empey. James Empey's 25 years old. Blake Freeland's 21, if that. He is a young buck. He's got time on his side. So if he goes into this fall and has a decent season and puts in his evaluation to the NFL and they come back and say, hey, you should go back to school, I wouldn't hesitate if I were him coming back to school. Obviously, this is easy for me as an analyst to say this because I'm not the one that's got millions of dollars potentially on the line, but I'm of the opinion that if it comes back that, hey, you're not a first two-round pick after this upcoming season, he should come back for another season, continue to hone his craft, I believe he will have an NFL future no matter what. I I would bet big money that Blake Freeland is the next great offensive lineman coming out of BYU in the NFL. I'm talking great like in terms of being a starter caliber guys. There are guys like Clark Barrington and Joe Tukuafu on that roster who are going to be seniors this coming fall who probably would make an NFL roster, but I believe Blake Freeland is a day one starter if everything goes according to plan in his BYU career once he moves on to the NFL level. Now the other player that has been mentioned in NFL mock draft circles is Jerry. Jaron Hall, Cam Miller, who is an unabashed fan of Jaron Hall's uh, for Pro Football Focus, no, not Pro Football Focus, uh, Pro Football Network, excuse me, put it out that he believes that Jaron Hall could be one of seven quarterbacks taken in the first round of next year's NFL draft. Uh, it's very interesting to see this because Jaron, the biggest thing he's got to prove this year, he can stay healthy for an entire season. He's got to show better eye control in terms of his ability to manipulate defenses. If he shows that, He's going to be an NFL guy. Does he end up being a first-round draft pick? I've got my doubts. I think he probably is a more middle-round draft pick and will have to earn his stripes at the NFL level. But, hey, the praise coming in right now, there's nothing wrong with a team or teams believing that you have first-round capabilities. It's big money. We all know that. Zach Wilson has already secured it for himself almost $40 million as the number two overall pick. Could BYU in, let's see, it'd be two draft classes within three years have two first round draft picks how incredible would that be if you're a BYU coach going out to recruit quarterbacks that is something to hang your hat on that's really really fun obviously looking ahead uh, to next year's draft there's a couple other guys that I would keep an eye on Keenan Peely Peyton Wilgar both linebackers coming off injuries if they have healthy years this year I think both of them could declare for the NFL draft and pursue their fortunes in the pro ranks a guy like Tyler Batty may also look at, look at it also being a return missionary a guy who's a little bit older Keenan Peely is a return missionary in his own right, while Peyton Wilgar did not serve a mission. So it's a very interesting debate that you have to mix and match. And obviously, a guy like Isaac Rex is obviously a return missionary who's got to decide what he's going to do with his future. There is no shortage of potential pros on BYU's roster going into 2022 and the 2023 draft cycle. And should be an exciting year. Well, of course, we'll keep you updated regularly on anything that comes out with this, but some very interesting things going on with the Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we need to talk about divisions in the Big 12. It may be that BYU doesn't have to necessarily decide what division they're playing in or one that they will be assigned to play in, whether it's East, West, North, South with the new Big 12. We'll explain what it means for BYU in this new proposal actually coming from the Pac-12 that could affect the Big 12 moving forward. We'll get to all that momentarily. Today's show is brought to you in part by 
our friends over at Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. I can promise you that. I'm going to need it. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everybody has at least one bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're both healthy and delicious. It's not very often you can put that combo together. You can get healthy, you can get delicious, but you put it together, that is the mother load, and that's what Built Bars are all about. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have it all, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And the best part is they got new brand new granola bars. So if granola is kind of more your thing, Built Granola Bars are something I would check out as well. That's Built.com right now. Uh, check it out. They've got incredible flavors up and down the roster. They have limited time runs around the different holidays throughout the year. So do not miss out. Get to Built.com right now. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order. Once again, promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Get enjoying the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Built Bar. All right, let's talk a little Big 12 and the future for BYU going into that conference. A report coming out from Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports earlier this week that the Pac-12, led by George Klyovkov, their commissioner, has proposed to do away with the rules uh, which require a conference to have two divisions if they have 12 or more teams or have a round-robin format if you have less than 12 teams to stage a conference championship game, essentially deregulating all the rules that have held on to this. I think this is absolutely brilliant. So what that would mean for the Big 12 is when BYU joins the Big 12 in 2023. And by the way, some news out there on that, just as an aside real quick. Brett McMurphy from the Action Network, one of the foremost college football insiders, reporting yesterday that the other three new schools coming into the Big 12, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, are nearing a deal with the American Athletic Conference for about $17 to $20 million, that range, to exit the AAC in time to join BYU on July 1, 2023, to join the conference. I think it's absolutely genius that they go in at the same time. I think it's brilliant. It should be done. That's how it should be operating, and it looks like they are nearing getting that deal done. Now, when they all join the conference, it's going to be a 14-team conference because Texas and Oklahoma have not secured their exit from the Big 12, and they have said they are intent on fulfilling their obligations to the Big 12 if it comes to that. I actually think that no division is the perfect scenario. The reason why the Pac-12 is doing this is self-serving for the Pac-12. They have had too many times they go into a conference championship game in their mind where they have had maybe a 11-1 team facing off against an 8-4 team. And if you lose that game as the 11-1 team, your chances at the CFP, no matter how fleeting they may have been, are gone. Just gone. Finito, Finabla, it's over. Well... The Big 12, they need to avoid that situation as well. Because if you get into a situation like the Big 10 has had with their West and East divisions, where sometimes in the East, you've got a 12-0 Ohio State, an 11-1 Penn State, a 10-2 Michigan, and then on the opposite side, oh, um, we're Wisconsin, and we're 9-3, and and we're the division champ. Well, you go into that conference championship game, and you're thinking, well, this is not helping anybody. The best thing you can do is to make sure your best two teams, no matter who they are, Texas-Oklahoma, in the case of the Big 12, face off in that conference championship game with the best opportunity, if it's on the table for them, to make the college football playoff. Make it a thing. Make it as simple as possible for this to happen. I think this is absolutely brilliant. It sounds like it's got a broad appeal across the different uh, conference commissioners, uh, all 10 conferences, whether the G5 or the Power 5 level. 
I think this needs to happen. I need it needs to be voted on this month and be done and signed, sealed, and delivered. And I hope at the next Big 12 meetings, which are scheduled for early next month, they can come out and say, you know what? We have 14 teams going into 2023. We have good news that the AAC has agreed to let the three teams exit their contracts with uh, the AAC early. BYU's coming in, and we're going to play with 14 teams. We're going to have uh, scheduling a scheduling of whatever you want to call it, a scheduling agreement that is going to move teams around in a circular fashion as close to round robin as maybe is possible. And you're not going to be able to do that with 14 teams, obviously, and even when you have 12 teams. But give your top two teams, regardless of who they are. If you have a 12-0 team facing off against an 11-1 team, that's what you want. You want to avoid the dreaded scenario where potentially you have got a 12-0 team who has got they're sitting at number five potentially in the CFP rankings under the current format. They, if they win, they likely move into a slot to play in the college football playoff, and then they're playing against a seven and five team. And shocker of all shockers, that seven and five team wins that game. That is a just a disaster. That is obviously something these conference commissioners are very cognizant of, and they will be trying to avoid it if at all possible. So some very interesting times ahead, but. I hope this passes because this is the perfect scenario. Uh, the, the way that the Big 12 is structured, you got teams in the East uh, time zone, the Central time zone, and then BYU out here in the Mountain time zone across three time zones and spread 2,000 something, something miles across from Morgantown to Provo, all the way to UCF, all the way over to since Just avoid these divisions. It did not have a natural, clear delineation of north, south, east, west in my mind. I would be of the opinion that you play kind of a round-robin format. You keep traditional rivals together, obviously. The Kansas schools play against each other. The Oklahoma schools in Bedlam. Texas gets their shot at whoever they want, whether it's Texas Tech, TCU, Houston, whatever. BYU can go out and start to build their rivalry with Baylor a little bit more annually. I'd keep that as an annual game. That kind of be, I think, the built-in rivalry I would envision. For BYU, teams are going to want to go to Florida to play UCF every so often. Teams will want to get to Texas as much as as much as possible for recruiting. This is the perfect scenario for the Big 12, in my opinion, and it should be something that they absolutely push for, they vote for, and obviously work with as they begin the new era of Big 12 football in 2023 and beyond. All right, coming up here in a moment, let's talk about another one of the greats in BYU football history, a wide receiver who's got one of the more electric plays in the Holy Wars history. We'll talk about that and also some news on Chris Burgess. His contract, does it mean that BYU basketball needs to have a quote-unquote un? unprecedented investment into their program. We'll get to all that here in just a second. Today's episode of Locked On Cougars, though, is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of all vehicles, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Go and check out Rock Auto. they got every part under the sun. I mean that sincerely. I have used them multiple times. I've got a daily driver, who, daily driver that is very much at the tail end of its shelf life probably but guess what i'm trying to drive it as long as possible and rock auto absolutely been phenomenal in getting the parts i need to keep my car in working order i can do the same thing for you guys why would you choose to spend maybe 30 50 even 100 percent markup for the same parts from your chain auto parts store or the dealership you might be getting them from rock auto is the place to go you can save time and money when using their resource they are a family business been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years online and the best part is the prices are reliably low and they've got every part you can need brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpet anything beyond that or in between 
between that. So go check it out right now. That's rockauto.com. While you're there, make sure to mention Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Give us some credit for going to check it out. All the parts you need is at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV could ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, before we go out the door here on today's edition of the show, let's catch up on some other news involving the Cougars. Let's start off with this. Jay Drew from the Deseret News does a great job covering BYU football, but he's also the Utah basketball beat writer for the Deseret News. He splits the beats. Uh, Jeff called his opposite of that. He is the Utah football writer while he's the BYU basketball writer. But Jay Drew submitted a request, a Grandma or Freedom of Information Act request, to get his hands on the contract for new Utah running Utes assistant Chris Burgess, obviously joining the Utes from BYU. Well, the new contract is for two years and will pay Chris Burgess an annual salary of $265,000. Now, if that sounds low to you, I don't know what to tell you. College basketball assistant salaries are not the same level as college football assistants. We're seeing college football assistants in multiple programs make making north of a million dollars. It's just not that way in college hoops. So $265,000 is a good chunk of change, especially considering Jay Drew quoted this. A, a source told him that Chris Burgess is making $130,000 as an assistant coach under Mark Pope at BYU. So he has more than doubled his salary at the University of Utah. I cannot begrudge a man for doing that, especially when it's your alma mater in the case of Chris Burgess. So you wish him well on that front. But that brings me to an interesting conversation point because the number that Jay Drew quoted, 130000 actually falls in line with what I have heard about BYU's basketball assistant coaches. I have heard that they have made somewhere between 100000 and 150000 maybe a bit more than that based on longevity, that type of stuff, but it's never been north of $200,000. We have talked a lot about BYU football investing into their program at an unprecedented level. We talked about that yesterday with the new staffers coming on to Kalani Sitake's off-field, behind-the-scenes staff. Well, maybe BYU needs to look at their basketball program a little closer and maybe consider paying more. I had somebody mention to me that uh, BYU should go uh, chase Barrett Peary for their open assistant job. Barrett Peary is the lead assistant at Texas Tech University. And if I'm not mistaken, he is making somewhere around $500,000 as lead assistant at Texas Tech, who is a new compatriot of BYU's in the Big 12. Will BYU ever pay that type of coin? Highly doubt it. I, I don't think BYU's assistant coaches will ever, ever in basketball be making $500,000. What do I know? Maybe they will at some point. Maybe some big pocketed booster wants to really pump some money into the program, but I just don't see that happening. But I believe that BYU could pay $200,000 for assistance, and they may have to start looking at that if they want to retain the folks, similar to what Kalani Satake has talked about in the past with his uh, football assistant coaches, he wants the best guys around him to give him the best chance to succeed. Mark Pope is no different. He loses Chris Burgess for doubling his salary. Uh, you would think that BYU probably could have been a little more competitive in terms of maybe matching salary or getting at least close to it. Chris Burgess' situation is a little unique considering Utah is his alma mater, so you can't begrudge him for saying, you know what, I'm going home. I'm going to join the program that I rose to prominence with, that type of stuff. Okay, that, that's fine. But if another assistant situation pops up, let's say Nick Robinson all of a sudden is looking at a job where maybe he can make $200,000 with a new program or Cody Feger, uh, the other assistant under Mark Pope, he's looking at maybe a $250,000 a year job. They'd be dumb not to jump at that. But BYU, if they want to retain high-level assistance in basketball, just like football, they've got to pay more than they are paying currently. If those numbers hold true, and I've got no reason to doubt Jay's sources because 
I've talked to enough folks who are familiar with salaries at BYU who say that that pay range, the 130000 it falls right in line with what I have been told about BYU assistant coaches in the basketball realm. you got to increase that. And I think BYU, as more money kind of flows in from the Big 12, they hopefully will look a little closer at what they can do to remain competitive in that realm and hopefully help Mark Pope continue to build the basketball program around that. But, hey, Congratulations. Uh, it's really cool to see salary doubled if you're Chris Burgess. He, like I said, he's going home to coach the Utes. And I know that this is a BYU-centric podcast, but you can't begrudge a guy who really uh, is a lifer with the Utes. He played, obviously, at Duke for a time, spurned BYU. We all know that backstory. But Utah is where he played, was a very good player, and he's going home. So you wish him well, and congrats to him on doubling his salary along the way. Got a two-year contract. It's very, very cool to see him getting that opportunity. One other basketball note before we go here is that Creighton and BYU was a game that we all expected to take place. It is going to be a neutral site game December 10th in Las Vegas. The venue, times, all that stuff will come in coming months. But, hey... Creighton's going to be a top 10 team. They recently uh, got Frederick King to sign with them, who BYU is a finalist for. Some fun storylines going into that one. If you want to get down to Sin City in mid-December, December 10th, before bowl season really gets going and after the college football season is wrapped up, it's actually a really nice sweet spot to maybe make a quick trip down to Las Vegas and watch the Cougars and the Blue Jays square off down there. Maybe I, I, there's a million different gyms they could play at. Who knows where they ultimately play the game, but... Should be a fun thing. December 10th. So set your calendars, your alerts, whatever you need to do to make sure you're apprised of that. Now, finally, before we go on today's show, need to talk about another player in our top 50 countdown. Today, we flip back over to what we're calling the old timers, the all-time players outside of the independent era for BYU. And today, we talk about number 44 on that list, and that is former BYU wide receiver, Eric Drage. Uh, Drage was a guy that my father uh, just crowed about in my young years. Played for BYU from 1990 to 1993, and Drage Drage, he was a true deep threat and was just an absolute sensational receiver. Had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons as a sophomore and a junior. His senior season, I believe, was marred by some injuries. He still had 800 yards as a senior, but had very, very big-time numbers as a BYU Cougar. A grand total of 3,065 yards on 162 receptions throughout his career. Also had 29 touchdowns. That 3,065 yards stood for nearly two decades, if not longer than that, as the highest, sing- uh, not the highest, single season, the highest career uh, numbers in terms of a receiver. Uh, Austin Cawley, if I'm not mistaken, broke that. It's since been rebroken by uh, uh, Cody Hoffman. But hey, when you're number three all-time in BYU receiving and you played, the last time you played in a BYU uniform is 1993, Eric Drage has got plenty of accolades behind him. It was really cool to see him out at the BYU alumni game, running some routes, etc. Good to see him out there. And of course, his signature play from his career, and many of you who remember watching this will know exactly what I'm talking about. The 97-yard touchdown he had against the University of Utah. It was actually not a deep ball, if I if I recall correctly. I'm doing this off the top of my head. But he actually broke a tackle after catching the pass, and it was off to the races at that point. 97 yards later, he hits pay dirt, and BYU went on to win that game in just an absolute route. Ty Detmer threw the pass to him in his senior season. One of those plays you'll never forget if you watched it live. My dad talks about it all the time. Uh, So one of those cool things about BYU football history is you always can look back at some signature moments for each of these players, and Eric Drage is no different. He's number 44 in our countdown with BYU's I hate calling them old-timers because a guy like Eric Drage doesn't get mad at me for calling him that, but it's the only way I can really kind of delineate it. We're doing the top 50 of all time and also the top 50 of the independent era for BYU, so deal with it. 
old timers. That's what we're calling them on, on the Locked on Cougars podcast. All right, coming up on tomorrow's show, excited to catch up with Clint Overby. He's the vice president of ESPN events. BYU in their final year of independence has a bowl agreement with ESPN that is going to allow them to play in any one of a number of different bowl games under the ESPN umbrella. We all know that ESPN controls the bowl uh, format. Uh, they own 40-some-odd bowl games or have affiliations with 40 of them, if I'm not mistaken. But the, the BYU could be in any number of them. Clint Overby is going to join us tomorrow to talk more about what BYU fans can expect from that agreement with the Cougars as well as ESPN in 2022, their final year of independence. How has the relationship with ESPN been during uh, Clint's time working with ESPN events? We'll get to all that on tomorrow's show. So thank you for making us your first listen of the day. want to encourage you guys now to get over to Locked On Big 12. Make it your second listen. It's your daily recap of everything going on in BYU's new conference home. Josh Neighbors is your expert hosting it every day and yours truly is a part of the Roundtable Weekly. Really, really fun stuff and I hope you guys will check that out. That's Locked On Big 12, free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like this one. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the show. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for not April, May 5th, uh, May 4th, May 5th. You know what? May May the 4th be with you. Yeah, May 4th. Yeah, may the 4th be with you, everybody. This has been Locked on Cougars.